the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And good afternoon and welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 a.m. The answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, and are ready to talk gardening with you. You have two ways to talk. you get untangled. You are. I know. I'm a little tangled. <laughs> and it, it was fun to watch him because he keeps hitting right. himself on the nose and uh, you know, <laughs> this microphone. And Let's see. That should be better. All right. Ah, ah I'm going to fix this. There we go. It was working great before we started. <laughs> there we go. 210-308-8867 is the number to call. 210-308-8867. Uh, toll free. Oh, did you have a question? Hey. We got somebody with a question. All right. You want to come on the air with us? Good Would you come on the air with us? Yeah, sure. Okay. That's what I figured. Grab that microphone. You'll be on the air. Okay. These guys will be able to hear you. What's going on? Okay. I have a friend who is experiencing brutal cancer treatment, and I told her she can't take care of her plants, that I would um, revive this orchid. And I looked it up, and it's so, um, gosh, temperamental. I, I just want to know what I can do to help this orchid. Well, yeah, you're going to. You're going to have to find somebody that's got some, some ex- expertise. There's so much variation on the orchids. I don't know. If, where where did she get it? I don't know where she got it. Um, I have it in a little tiny bit of water with some uh, yeah. eggshells for calcium. Okay, she's trying to restore a uh, orchid know. for somebody that's got a severe case of cancer. Yeah. And I, bet, I bet that's phalaenopsis. That's the most common. Okay. Here you go, Trace. You want the mic? Uh, what do you think it is? Phalaenopsis. Phalaenopsis. That's the most common. Well, if it is, that's the that's the one we know about. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, that, does that the foliage look like that? Yeah. Yes. What? Yeah. Well, then I tell, then 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 you got it made. Okay, it so shouldn't what? be too hard. I'd get an orchid pot. An orchid pot. Right, a pot that has holes in the sides. All right. And use a good orchid mix in it. Have it in really bright light, no direct sun, and no cold. You should start to get some growth. Okay. Yeah. There, in, in fact, go in the greenhouse too and look at some of them. Well, okay. spectacularly, uh, they'll inspire you. And they, we we f- found a place on our uh, kitchen window that had a eastern yeah. exposure. Not, yeah. yeah. Not much. You don't need a direct light, but uh, they prosper there. And then the. The watering, if you got the the ingredients that Trace outlined, 
uh, the, you know, you just do a watering once once a week. That's what I understand. It. <clears throat> I read where you immerse the whole thing in water, and I don't know. Well, well you don't yeah, have to it do takes that. It up from the bottom. <clears throat> you don't immerse the whole pot. You just, you know, it, immerse to the bottom. Yeah. Well, I read so many different things, and I went, I'm going to go to the, you know. Oh, yeah, go. don't penny. Uh, in fact, there's some simple articles on on uh, plantanswers.com. On Phalaenopsis orchids. Phalaenopsis, P H. Just orchids. And I, I believe okay. there's a orchid society as well. Okay, well I'm going to go look in your greenhouse yeah. and get a an orchid pot and the orchid mix. mix. Well, the mix will be inside the building. The pots will be in that back room of the greenhouse. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much. And um, you know the weatherman, Steve Brown, said we're going to get a break on the 20th from this heat wave but i looked it up and it's still 100 degrees i don't know i mean that's a break yeah i know where did you hear steve brown i don't know my husband told me maybe last night on the weather i don't know (laughs) i just you know okay it might get down to 98 oh give me a sweater i was wondering if he was back in the in the news he had Steve retired. Brown. Oh, listen, you know, it's my husband. It probably isn't Steve Brown. It's somebody else. Uh, you don't understand my oh, husband. Uh, is, he, He's, uh, is he a lot like Jerry? Is he? Uh, I think so. I mean, <laughs> sometimes I have to have an interpreter when I'm talking to him, you know. Oh. I mean? <laughs> oh. Okay, y'all, gentlemen. Um, All right. Okay, well, and I'm thank glad you. you're inside. Thank you. And what are they doing out here? Oh, we were fair. they're just re- the, repairing. The arbor was about to fall down. Oh. And it was all cedar, been up for over 20 years. So oh. uh, it was time to replace it with something that's going to out-survive me. So uh, it's all metal now, and oh. so we still got a little more to do, uh, welding and painting. But okay. it'll all be better when we're done. Well, it'll out-survive me, that's yeah, for sure. Well, well, thank you for uh, helping your friend with uh, oh, the cancer. Yeah, she's a great gal. Yeah. And what kind of dog mom are you? Oh, I have uh, a little uh, two street dogs, and one of them was found. One of them is, um, we've had him since May before last. He was on the street in 100-degree weather, and he had a tight collar dragging his leash, and his mats were so bad he couldn't even move his arms. So we got him sedated and got a really close haircut, and he's a beautiful white poodle mix. Oh, okay. And the other one is... uh, just a precious baby. Hey, that, okay. You grab the mic. Yeah, cool. Congratulations. Thanks for being a... Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Stay cool. Thank you. All right. 210-308-8867. Say something for me. Hello. Hello. Breaker, breaker, one nine. There you go. All right, breaker, breaker. We got you. <laughs> All right. Well, that was good. Yeah. I didn't... I didn't. <laughs> you could have 400 different kinds of orchids. Oh, yeah. But... Uh, the most common is that failing hospital. Yeah, and so, the easiest to take what care we got of. The information, yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. <laughs> most of the information on. Well, it's amazing. It made um, many of us regular gardeners uh, oh, capable yeah. of ra- of uh, raising uh, successfully <laughs> raising Philanopsis orchids. So. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, working with a old orchid grower oh, over here off of. Uh, uh, 410 yeah, South. I met him. Yeah, yeah, he had a, a he lot had of years a, ago. Had a greenhouse over there for years. I think he's passed away. He and his wife had it for years. Uh, 
But uh, uh, I went over there and asked him about orchids because they were they're blooming so pretty for TV. And uh, he said, "Well, you you're gonna want phalaenopsis or a microbia." Uh, the other one that uh, that blooms can can actually go outside during the summer, but uh, I said here's the deal. <laughs> I can barely say failing options. So when we start the TV program, when we start taping, I want you to be off camera and help me say failing options. <laughs> and. Uh, it was, he, was, he was quite a guy, and uh, so that's where we got into the orchids. And then, of course, I I went down to visit uh, Dr. Wong uh, in the Rio Grande Valley. Oh, here we go. You, you remember Dr. Wong? Captain? Yeah, yeah. Just we want to hear the story, though. How do you spell, you how do you spell it? Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> That's Wong. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, Bob Webster was in the oh yeah, for a big time. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I think he was. There's an orchid society here. Yeah, there town. is. Yeah, and that was weird because for some reason it came up on my phone. So maybe we had called them one time? Maybe. Oh, okay. Dr. Wong? No, the Orchid Society. Oh, okay. Oh, well, we we were involved on their, uh, oh, they had convention. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. That's when right. we, I don't even remember what the specific, <laughs> we helped them organize it uh, two or three years. Oh, okay. And oh, I know we did the we did a lot of media coverage for yeah. them, and uh, and uh, I think we en enlisted um, yeah. our weatherman and uh, <laughs> other folks to yeah. to promote it. He was he was uh, uh, Steve Brown. Doctor Wong was a. Uh, was mostly white. Just, just keep going. Uh, <laughs> it's radio. I can't remember. I get confused. Yeah, it's not good radio to spell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, we we traveled down to see his greenhouse. And it, the pictures you see on plantanswers.com under orchids were taken in oh. his greenhouse in, uh, yeah, Huge blooms and draping. draping look like look like uh, tomatoes that were yeah green, yeah yeah going down and hmm. back up and, and wow. <laughs> and so we I was traveling with other horticulturists, uh, Dr. Sam Cotner, uh, Dr. Uh, Lineberger. He's passed away now, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lineberger's still alive, we think. Woohoo! <laughs> but. Uh, we got on there and opened the door to that greenhouse, and it was like heaven. Hmm. I mean, the flowers were top of the greenhouse, uh -huh. bottom. And guess who the only person that remembered to bring a camera was? You. Jerry. Absolutely. Huh. I said, what kind of horticulturist are you to come to the prettiest orchid house in Texas? Definitely. Yeah, you know that's what's so different because 
Uh, I would have thought, first thing I would have thought of was to bring a shovel instead uh, of a <laughs> no, camera. just bring the camera. They were in pots. But the camera mm. keeps you out of doing work because yeah. I, I'm, yeah. the, I'm the guy who takes the pictures. I, yeah, they were in pots. I'm not the digger. And I mean, I had that whole greenhouse to myself and got some spectacular pictures. So, yeah, uh, and you didn't even have to... Uh, uh, crop them, no. Or, or talk them. What do you talk to the butterflies? Like uh, yeah, that? Okay. yeah. <laughs> whisper, anyway, to whisper. He, he was good. He's in, he's gone to California now, I think. Hmm. Was it do- or Doctor Wong? Don't know. Don't oh, know. Okay. <laughs> he's just not not All gonna right. get that punchline. Uh, so <laughs> on the on the uh, phalaenopsis, uh, what is the normal lifespan of that i mean of the blooms no of the plant oh <laughs> 10 years i'm not sure oh, there's long, a number uh, long t- uh, oh a long yeah. time okay okay well it depends <laughs> you you got to be it's easy to get a little uh lax with them yeah yeah and then if you get too far behind then it's hard to, yeah. to catch up i'll say say you uh oh let them dry out seriously or something yeah but they, but they're they're relatively easy to keep alive and, re- and easy to get to bloom and rebloom. That's yeah. I just amazed me. And I just didn't know if maybe when she said that you know she was taking care of this and there was clearly a lot of emotion behind it, uh, like could it just have been it's time? No. Oh, okay. Good. That's good. Uh, it's, it's, it's just it's a, a starting. It's a it's a almost virtually and the thing was, we take we took tours down there, and the, oh, was that in Panama? I get uh, down the river, and the trees were loaded. Oh, with a uh, uh, ball moss like uh, failing off the orchids. Huh? And I I told the guide, I said, you know what that tree would be worth in in hmm. Texas with all those blooming. <laughs> Blooming the uh, failing off the orchids, and uh, I mean it was. Well, I don't understand why you're thinking that. I mean, we got mistletoe. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and balm uh, and real balm. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is a Texas native, <laughs> Central Texas native, yeah. Central U.S. native. You know, we had a professor do a a study on balm moss. I mean, it's, I, I guess he got a paper out of it. But uh, he was a pep, and he studied ball moss. Anyway, <clears throat> getting back to something more local here. Yes. Uh, and Trace is with us, by the way. Oh, yeah. Hey, Trace. Hello, sir. <laughs> Anything that you talked about yesterday coming in this week? No, it'll uh, probably be next week before we... All right, cool. All right, we can talk <laughs> about that later. The, uh, as I was walking in, I always like to look at the plants... And I walked up, we got a good selection of tomatoes, uh, the Reba Crush and uh, 968 and uh, some of the larger fruiting varieties. And uh, they're on the table sitting side by side. And, we, you know, we often talk about uh, determinant varieties and the characteristics of a determined, a truly determinate variety is one that uh, grows to a certain height and then uh, blooms and sets fruit and it doesn't continue to grow. 
and uh, out here on this table, you can see all three. Uh, we try to say we got a t determinant type and a semi-determinant type, which most of ours are uh, that we recommend. And then we have uh, the indeterminate types. We don't. I don't think we've sold one of those in 10 or 15 years, uh, like uh, Big Boy or uh, Terrific. Terrific used to be one of our recommended varieties, and uh, some of those. And that, they call those indeterminate because you cannot tell where they're going to stop growing. They could well, what, what selections do we have that are indeterminate? We don't have any. Oh, okay. That's I thought I, you said we had No, some. that's what I was saying. We, for the last 10 years or for, maybe longer, uh, we've not sold it to determine. Well, no, that's not true. We've had some in that after that emergency, didn't we, Trace? I'm Googling some stuff because that <laughs> yeah. doesn't sound right to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think but, we've pur we Cherokee not, Purple, I think, was. We have not recommended yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, but we've had people looking for some. Yeah. Oh yeah, people. Uh, well, even our uh, grew up eating our old, our purple, our old fashioned uh, Cherokee purple. Yeah, most Cherokee. of the uh, old fashioned ones are indeterminate. Yeah. And uh oh, uh -oh. Trace is showing him the phone. Sweet one hundred is an indeterminate. Huh. People it, like that a lot. Yeah. They do. This, That's this the means, cherry. Yeah. It's a cherry. Yeah. Uh, this means the vines grow longer and longer throughout the growing period, producing more clusters of tomatoes as they grow. So is is the difference that one to the one tomato puts all its energy toward growth and then stops and then puts all its energy toward fruit and in the other one it just splits energy or Yeah, it begin it begins to fruit earlier. But that means that it but it's also continuing to grow. Yes. Okay. And that's, the, and that's not the one the, we what's recommend. What's the problem? Yeah, what's the problem? I don't know. Well, when winter comes. Oh, grape tomatoes are an indeterminate. <laughs> yeah. okay. when winter comes. Oh, okay. So because, July comes. Because of the length of the season, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's why, that's why we recommend I'm beginning to understand now. <laughs> but, get, but getting back to my original... Uh, observation when you look at these uh, you use as a cherry uh, crystal crystal uh, the the, uh, the little one that we recommend ruby crush mm -hmm. and then sitting side by side with uh, uh, 968 right and so those side by side with uh, one of our recommended varieties, like uh, Celebrity or Red Red Snapper or some Red, of those types, yeah. they're right there together, side by side. And all you have to do is look at those to decide which ones are truly determined, okay. and which ones that are semi-determinate, and which ones are. Well, we all call, we call them all uh, semi-determinant because they're not uh, indeterminate. In other words, they don't grow wild. The one, the the our recommended varieties out there are are stretching. 
in this heat. Oh. Even though uh, they've got them at good good location, but like Calvin was saying, at this time of the year, when the heat's on, they have uh, they have long narrow leaves, which almost looks like a virus. First time we saw it, and uh, then the first first cool night comes along, and bam, they're producing normal leaves again. Yeah, it just requires some patience. Yeah. Even more patience when the temperature is 104, 105. Oh, yeah, yeah. 90, 95 is hot enough. I mean, yeah, I, I, we thought about uh, telling people to keep them in the shade till the temperature breaks. So when did you say the temperature was going to break? I didn't say. No, the woman that was here. Uh, oh. Tuesday. Tuesday. Well, I saw 99. Oh, Okay. Wow. This is probably changed by now. But. I got to get my sweaters out then, huh? So All right. If it's going black, down to 99. Black cherry would be one that we sell in the spring that's okay. uh, indeterminate. Black cherry? Yeah. But uh, I would, if you come over here, and I would, or y'all too, look at the difference in the truly determinant variety. Well, the which, ruby, the ruby, ruby crush is pretty obvious. And it's out there yeah. full of blooms at the top. You can, i got about 13 or 14 tomatoes, and you can pick out which oh, yeah. which three are the ruby crush, you know, yeah. because of their... And the right. se- semi-determinant. Black uh, cream. We've had that. Yeah. Black plum. Those are all uh, antiques, Antiques. Oh, the hair, heirloom? The hair? They, well, they're indeterminate. That, that's the indeterminate, yeah. They didn't... Uh, Brandy wine? Yeah. See, they didn't have hybrids back in those days. Oh. Cherokee purple? Yeah. yeah. We've had Cherokee purple. I like Cherokee purple. Yeah. People like it a lot. It's such an ugly fr- it's cher- it's cher- tomato. Uh, but, and, but it tastes good. Cherry, oh, yeah. cherry oh. Roma? Huh. I don't know. I'm, Sounds familiar. Cherry Roma sounds familiar, yeah. Um, Roma is a is a hybrid. No, okay. Well, uh, yeah, we had had Roma up there. Yeah, I out think of there's still some. I think. All right, let's take a quick break. While we do, you give us a call at 210-308-8867 or the, like that nice dog mom. You can come on by Mill Burgers and ask your gardening question in person. We're here in the two-story. We'll be happy to help you. 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Talk to you in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. Back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Our phone number, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, or toll-free, it's 866-308-8867, the number to call to be a part of the show. Trace is with us here, too, so you got uh, lots of people to help you and lots of uh, plant knowledge to help you answer your questions, 210-308-8867. You know, Trace, we had that question about the phalaenopsis Orchid, and uh, we mentioned that they were in the greenhouse. What else is in the greenhouse? You know, we don't talk about it that as much. Oh, you should uh, you should take a trip in there. Peter's been buying some stuff that's uh, rare, um, but uh, and it's there's just a, a slew of things. 
great selection of sedums. Sedums are the new yeah. uh, water dracenas, or huh. what do they call them? Uh, water savers? Or water. No, the water dracena. Uh, Lucky Bamboo. Remember that? Oh, like, yeah. 15, 20 yeah. years ago, sedums are the new fad. <laughs> so we've got a slew of different sedums. And then they're in different here. colors? Or? Yeah, and different shaped leaves. And uh-huh. And then um, there's other orchids, too. Uh, I think there's only Philonopsis. Philonopsis, okay. Uh, but there's uh, blooming stuff like ragged begonias, clay pack, uh, uh, clay pack, uh, mums, uh, colanchos. That's kind of... Uh, uh, all kinds of hanging baskets. I, w- I watched, the, you know, when, some, uh, say, the parent comes to to get a plant they specifically have, and, uh-huh. then, and the kids go in with... The spouse <laughs> into the greenhouse, and the kids just love it in the greenhouse. Oh, it's, yeah, it's cooler it, and also well, and beautiful color. Exotic plants, yeah, yeah kind of different. And there's a lot of two-inch pots in there for people that want to make, uh, like, dish gardens for the mm. sedums or terrariums. Yeah, there's a lot right. of two-inch little terrariums. There's even some already built terrariums in there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I know that I see, quite often see the kids with little, little containers. I know I saw pitcher plants in there. Pitcher, the well, those yeah, are cool. A lot of yeah. people have been buying them. Yeah, so the ones that catch the yeah. Well, that yeah, yeah, this is the one that puts on the little pitcher. Um, <laughs> I always tell people don't overfeed them. You know, I, uh, oh, the, I've had them a couple of times, and I want I want to see them eat the insect. You know, so I overfeed them. For too many insects. Well, especially when you those poor use roaches. those, those six <laughs> inches cockroaches. That's from your true. House. That, hey, that, we'll see who wins that battle. We got Todd on the line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Got a question about his fig tree. What's going on, Todd? Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How shirts today? Yeah, thanks. It's it's hot, but everywhere is hot. But uh, I'm not okay. <laughs> uh, we've got a Celeste fig. We, we bought it from y'all. Um, spring last year uh, so a year ago spring so it's been in the ground about 18 months and uh it's about four feet tall a lot of a lot of leaves um and it's started with some fruit this spring we had two that were small but we pulled off and they were they were nice and 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 good what to eat. um you said that's fake oh fake. celeste yeah celeste yeah now i probably got about 50 fruit on but they don't seem to be maturing much they're staying pretty small and and green, and I'm wondering if if uh, if it's missing something or if I'm doing something wrong. How about uh, not, uh, a gallon, uh, an inch of rain, uh, water every week? <laughs> well, I am, yeah, I'm watering it. Um, yeah, I mean twice a week, and so yeah, um, you need you need to deep water it, uh, and uh, with our tree hugger sprinkler, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and uh, deep water, but uh, figs tend to do that uh, in the fall, uh, right before they lose their leaves. So you'll see uh, even uh, extremely large fig plants. I guess trees would be an appropriate name, uh, but uh, that uh, no leaves on it, solid figs. I mean. Lots of figs at every leaf axis where a leaf was. And uh, they never ripened. When we, were, when we had a greenhouse and we were 
selling plants, we had some small figs uh, plants like you're talking about, and uh, we'd carry them to a fall sale. Well, uh, by that time, they would have lost their leaves, but they were full of those green figs, and people would buy those every time. And I keep telling them, I said, those are not going to ripen. But I said, oh, no, it's got figs. Well, and in my yard, uh, I've got one that is uh, that has a tendency to uh, to do pretty well, uh, and it it was uh, some of the fruit was ripening earlier in the season, uh, but now it's in the state. Jerry was talking about a, a few yeah. le- leaves and a lot of the fruit driving the birds nuts. <laughs> you know they're they're uh, they're they pretty. They're going to ripen. Yeah, them. they're pretty desperate at this point. Oh yeah. Luckily, luckily there's some te- Texas persimmon around there uh, that no. are ripening. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're. It is a little frustrating to sit there and go check on them and nothing changes for a while. But there's nothing you can do to ripen those figs. We had a artificial way to ripen figs. Uh, I think it came out of Louisiana. But uh, uh, where you can ripen the fruit figs earlier. But that, that doesn't work on these uh, these green fall figs. So just just let them let, let them alone, and if your neighbors want some, go ahead and give them the name. But uh, you don't need to take them off; they'll fall off. Okay. But you you got and the be- you got the, uh, the best fig, probably in there. Okay. Okay, and so then we just expect to get some ripened ones next spring, some earlier. Oh yeah, you get okay. you get some next year if <laughs> if it rains. Oh, I see. Now, Forrest Appleton used to be my fig supplier, and uh, every year or something different. It was, if it was rainy, yeah, I remember it was rainy for the cow. Yeah. Uh, the figs would rot. Okay. The figs would rot on the plant. And if it was too dry, they never would make figs. And I, I think it was Calvin brought up the fact that uh, uh, in the Holy Land, they've planted on rocky hillsides and everything else with no irrigation. Yeah, that's amazing. And they have nice figs every year, I guess. Yeah. Not but, very many, though. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, okay, thank you. Di- a whole different species. Uh, some, some of them are a whole different species. Oh, yeah. Some of them are some of them are insect pollinated. I think. Huh. I'll be done. Yeah. The, Next year. That's what that hole in the bottom of the fig is for. It's going to be it's going to be less than a hundred a hundred degrees, and there'll be rain. And <laughs> next year we'll have a lot of figs. There you go. All righty. Good luck. Thanks a lot. Bye, Todd. Thank, thank you, Todd. You take care. All right, that'll free up a line at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, the number to call to be a part of the show. All right, what else we got, gentlemen? I got a uh, – Calvin brought, his, brought the paper back from the 5th of, uh, of this month and because uh, I always scan through it. And I found, uh, I was looking at Neil Sparrow's questions and answers. 
and uh, he got a he got a question said, "Do you have any idea why my lantanas don't bloom? They form pea-sized pods, but nothing more." That was the question. Now see, <laughs> he's uh, the question is misleading, and and. Uh, Neil takes that bait, oh, and so he's wor- wor- uh, he's trying to figure out why this guy's lantana is not blooming. Says there's something odd looking about the foliage. Neil figured that out about the foliage in your photo. The plants look like they're not getting enough sunlight. They're full. They need absolutely full sunlight. To grow and bloom the best. And the leaves I'm seeing look very soft and succulent, as if they were produced in the shade. Uh, the heads I can see look like they did try to bloom and then turn moldy, as if excessive rainfall caused them to decay. We have this plant in, a, in the greenhouses, and... Uh, that's not why they, they just mature, the seed mature. Too much nitrogen is the only other thing I can think of that would result in a f- excessive vegetative growth. And he, 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 uh, <laughs> he, uh, he uh, gives a picture of it, shows a picture of it, uh, with a caption, These uncharacteristically soft and succulent lantanas are not blooming. It appears they grew in the shade. Almost looks like Turk's cap, even. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So, and he got a picture of it in the fifth, uh, August 5th uh, paper. You know why they're not blooming? And <laughs> and he, 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 the lantana's not blooming? It's not. But it's not a lantana. Oh. It's not a lantana. It's a little pesky weed that uh, drove, drove us crazy in the greenhouse and uh, comes up uh, on bare, bare ground and produces those little seed heads and it spreads all over the place into pots and everything else. So uh, <laughs> the uh, see but the, the question was do you have any idea why my lantanas don't bloom. Well, like I tell people with new gold lantana and some of the ones we sell out here, if your lantana is not blooming just because it's hot and dry, <laughs> then it's it ain't a lantana. I mean, they bloom in hell uh, where they can tolerate extreme heat. But what happened to this person, I would guess, is... That he had or had lantanas for a while, and then the freeze took them out. Oh. And and left took them out to the ground, and then uh, he didn't didn't notice them real fast, and this weed popped up where the lantana was, so he assumed that these weeds were his lantana sprouts. So, uh, 
The only reason I would I could recognize this plant is because we had it in the greenhouse, and it was it was a vicious thing to control. I don't know what the name of it is, but but uh, it's it's doing well in his lantana. <laughs> so I'm going to send that. But to it's the not name. it's not blooming either. No, uh-uh. but. Uh, <laughs> Neil's given all the reasons that a lantana will not bloom. You know, there are yeah. very few reasons that those things won't bloom. Shade. So they're tough, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm going to have to send that to Neil. I, I wish i sent it to Dr. Larry Stein and see if he could identify it because he did all the spraying in our greenhouse. And that... <laughs> That sucker was everywhere. It was. It had a lot of seed, and of course the seed would come in and into a pot with a plant in it. He just had been rooted, and uh, so he couldn't spray it with Roundup oh. or glyphosate, and uh, so it had to hand pull them. Mm-hmm. That's where all my wonderful volunteers came in. Gotcha. All right. Uh, anyway, that was interesting. All right, we're going to take a break, and while we do, you give us a call, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up, live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery, 1604 on Boulevard Road on 930 AM, The Answer. Texas on 9:30 a.m. The answer 210-308-8867 210-308-8867 toll free 866-308-8867 the number to call to be a part of the show. What else is going on, Trace? Well, I want to uh, alert everybody that you know heard us talking about the orange zinnias. Mm-hmm. That there's some wonderful orange zinnias out there now with big big blooms and uh, look really spectacular. Did you get any? I did. Okay. I did. I, they but called they, me up. I had to sign okay. off on this. But I also thing. couldn't resist There's some the yellow ones across the... Oh. Yeah, they look really well, look good, too. The uh, thing that I like about the these uh, zinnias, those orange zinnias, where the, the blooms uh, tolerate the weather as long as you can keep them uh, watered. Till they go, they look good over a long season. You can deadhead them, uh, of course. And it, uh, I guess that's kind of the orange and yellow are kind of a, ma- are, uh, a kind of a magic color in terms of attracting pollinators too. Uh, they'll they'll go to all you know reds and other colors too. But they they seem to be a real uh, att- attractants. But gosh, they look good if you. Uh, uh, had wanted to see what they look like. It's now's the time to come and look at them. They do make sticky traps all yellow to attract insects, so it makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, they're they're, they're great. Uh, and cut flowers uh, too. These are, these are nice, uh, compact blooms, pr- pretty uniform blooms. Uh, lots lots of blooms per container. You need to you know they're they're good size, so you want to get them into a 
bigger container or in the garden wherever you uh, plant them. Okay. Nobody saw the meteor shower last night, did they? No, but I was out looking and I didn't see anything. Oh, were you? Yes. Okay. I was also looking for the the trail of satellites I keep getting told about. I was. I uh, saw that too, but I... Yeah. satellites, but I, I can't find it. Huh. Okay. Now, um... So, Milton. Yes? If a plant is sad... Yeah? Do other plants photosympathize with it? Uh, <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, I, they I do. I wondered. Yeah. Uh, so we can we can use that now. If somebody says, "Yeah," all of a sudden I had one plant kind of go bad, and and then the other plants kind of went with it. Oh, you've got photosympathy. Is that is that the? Uh, how yeah, did we sure, say that? Yeah. Okay. Calvin's just staring at me. I think he's angry. <laughs> <laughs> Not angry. It's it's <laughs> I was kind of dis kind of disappointed with uh, the punchline. Yeah. Okay. To sympathize. Barry's laughing back at the station, though. Well, that, at least that's, one. That's that's a it's a Barry joke. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. All right, what else you got over there? Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, got, what else did Neil? <laughs> no, he that was it. Okay, but you got to get on the microphone. See, see the guy. Uh, there you go. Thank you. He he. And and we run into that situation too. We're trying to interpret what kind of plant this is. And in this, the the guy the questionnaire said it was a uh, it was one of lantana. the uh, lantanas, yeah. So uh, that threw Neil's mind into a lantana mode, and so. Mm. He was trying to tell the guy why the went Santana wasn't blooming. He couldn't see the plant. So Trace, uh, seems to me Jerry's assuming. Pretty, uh, I'm, he's pretty confident that this is that weed. Have you seen this I, picture? I, I think I ha yes, I have, and I actually agree with him. I think I have what? it in my yard. You recognize oh, it? Oh yeah. No, I, oh. I recognize it as a weed. Oh, oh yeah. So I, I think it's kind of. You pull it all right. You pull it up. Do you do you see that it's got a kind of a sticky mm -hmm. surface to it? Yep. And I never see it bloom, and it has little balls on top. There you go. That's it. It's growing in my plumeria pots. Oh. Oh yeah. Uh, they're they're everywhere. Oh, the mysterious <laughs> weed, huh? Yeah. So Milton, you want to know what the reply was to that mm -mm. one-liner? I don't know, but when one is feeling good, are the rest green with envy? <laughs> These are getting painful now. <laughs> All right. Two okay, one oh I can't find any more. I'll keep looking. Okay, please. Please keep looking. 210-308-8867. <laughs> Barry didn't even give you a thumbs up or thumbs down on that one yet. No, I think that's Lucky Trace is in here where it's cooler and resting up. It's obviously <laughs> been out in the sun too Oh, long. you think, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Calvin, and is this week in the garden, uh, yesterday's paper says, the monarch butterflies on their migration flight will soon be in San Antonio. Oh, good. Where are they now? Oklahoma or I don't, I, north of so that? I, well, generally they get, of course, with this weather the way it is, 
could be unpredictable. It's, uh, September, we would expect them. So they're, okay. they're, uh, yeah, they're probably, oh, they're probably spread over their whole range still. Yeah. Because uh, is there a website start, I can look at that'll show me? Um, there's lots of websites. <laughs> But, so, uh, is that it's possible to oh. obtain some outstanding nectar plants in bloom from area nurseries, such as Millburger. Yeah, as I walk in here, I see a lot of blooming plants out there. Mm-hmm. I even saw still some more porterweed. Did you? Is that yeah. Look for porterweed, zinnias, uh, Greg's mist flower, pentas, duranta. Portulaca, uh, Lantana, uh, Salvia, and Tropical Milkweed. The monarchs may even lay some eggs on the milkweed. The monarchs may even lay eggs on the milkweed. You know, it's not, I'm not seeing as many salvias as I expect. Trace, is that, has it been tough to find, or is it a little later? Uh, so all the perennials are kind of, and most growing operations put the stuff on on availability when they look their best. And at this point, we're lucky to have a bloom over there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's that's the key to the those ne- nectar sources that uh, if you if you can find the plants in bloom at the nursery, uh, get them and then get them either in your garden or uh, just containers and. And the monarchs will take advantage of them. The queens are pretty active all through the, the oh, region. Yeah. So see larkspur. Now, if you had larkspur last year or last spring, pretty dry. But uh, we did have a little spell of oh, some rain. Yeah, I mean, they did. They did come up. Those, yeah, of course, those they, that came out bloom. Yeah, <laughs> they, they took advantage of the rain that we had. Let's see what uh, what else. Oh, the coreopsis were wonderful yeah, last yeah. year, and uh, and then my favorite, uh, 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 sna- I'm going to say snail weed, but it's a uh, blue uh, curl. Blue curl, yes. Yeah. Good work, Jerry. Well, you got it here in your party. Okay. Well, <laughs> blue, um, blue curl, um, and uh, I know the staff here at, uh, at Millburgers has kind of featured the blue curl as a, mor- a morning, ne- uh, as a spring nectar source in the certified butterfly garden too. Yeah. It, it, uh, the, it, the idea, the good, the good news about it is that it. Is is attractive to the nectar-seeking um, animals, uh, butterflies and hummingbirds, everything. But it uh, starts blooming early, and then blooms over longer, so it kind of fills that gap while you're waiting for the mist flower and uh, yeah. waiting for the zinnias. Does it uh, re- recede from year to oh, year? Oh gosh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, and I th- I think it's. Uh, it's got kind of got popular last year. A lot of gardeners started have started mm-hmm. using it mm-hmm. now. But uh, for a number of years, I think, I think they were like me. I had a few of them growing in the in the shade. The rest of them, though, I just <laughs> mowed them down until a, uh, 
I don't even know who. Maybe maybe it was Paul Cox or somebody mm-hmm. that, that alerted me to the <laughs> fact, and uh, I started to notice that they. I'll I'll have to ask John Thomas the Wild Seed why. You know, at one time they had blue curl. That's right. I remember you. Yeah, but you I found that out for us. Yeah, I don't know uh, why they stopped. It's it's and, still uh, available at uh, Junction, the, uh, yeah, the native uh, native plants, the yeah. native seed people. But anyway, well, I'll check it. But yeah. if that what we're talking about here is find the things that are blooming now, get them get them in your landscape. Go to your nursery, get them in your landscape, uh, so that they're ready for the the migrants, the migrating. Uh, Springs, yeah, and then and then also get prepared for the spring with the yeah blue curl, larkspur and corops. Yeah, larkspur. Well, yeah, well, a lot. Most of the wildflowers are pretty good, and those are all receding. In other words, if you take care of them, they'll come back year after year. Yeah. Now that that brought up another question. Uh, you said seed larkspur, corpses, and blue curl. This fall, uh, so I'm thinking we we I've been, I haven't been able to get a hold of John Thomas at Wildsea, but uh, I'm thinking they had a they found some uh, good seed sources, so they may have fresh seed now. So I've got to check and. Of course, they get it seed germinated and everything else to check it out, but I don't know if it'll be for sale this fall. Yeah. Well, another thing I probably should have mentioned was the, uh, the you know, and Milberger's uh, sponsored one of the uh, uh, milkweed programs mm-hmm. we yeah. had. Uh, had a, he, he, a huge audience. Yeah. Uh, and got about uh, 20 seconds for I have to get the news. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we got to continue work on uh, getting those native milkweeds to, here right. at the nursery and also plant our garden. We're going to take a quick break and come back right after the news. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. This is The Answer. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Hey, and welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, 210-308-8867 is our number. And we're live here at Millburgers. Like we said, 1604 on Boulevard Road. You're welcome to come by and ask your gardening question in person. Just come out in the two-story today and we'll help you out uh chance of rain on tuesday jerry you excited tuesday tuesday i thought it was thursday no no no. tuesday thursday and i think it depends on i think it depends on i think trey saw thursday did you see no you saw tuesday as well okay yeah tuesday after 1 p.m all the way to uh uh 1 a.m i guess wednesday morning it's gonna be tough Gonna have to. Your truck's gonna get full of water. I know it. I have to get my little canoe out. Canoe down Gilbo, <laughs> <laughs> or go to Lake H E B on mm. Gilbo. It's a beautiful place to canoe. Lake H E B. Yeah. Is H E B flood? <laughs> but the uh, behind H E B, going up Gilbo. Oh, okay. It, when we get heavy rains. Yeah. 
That's a lake out there. Huh. Okay. <laughs> and the builder, we we nicknamed it uh, Lake H-E-B years ago, and the builder didn't like that idea. I said, well, look look at the... <laughs> Look at it's it's a water it's a water uh, source for for people to go down and wade and canoe and everything else if they don't get washed away. Uh, let's see. Calvin talks about uh, it's a good time to collect annual sunflower seed and spread it over the soil where you want the patch to grow next summer. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that when we were talking about the wildflowers. You got to be a little. I I kind of my sunflower kind of took took over this this year. Which, uh, <laughs> annual annual sunflower seed can can do that. It's inclined to do that. So you um, you kind of want to limit limit the area. Collect the seed. It's easy to get the seed from you know a neighbor or wherever. Don't uh, make the mistake of go and doing it at the uh, at the uh, wildflower place, huh? No, no, at at the uh, place, the bird uh, doves. Huh? <laughs> what is the what is the bird reserve here? Um, Audubon, yeah, Mitchell Lake, Fairburger? Mitchell Lake. Oh, okay. Because oh, I, I, if you remember, a few years ago, I suggested. Did you get in trouble? Yeah, I suggested that they had. Fields and fields of the annual mm-hmm. uh, sunflower seed, and you could just go collect a few heads. They get uh, they uh, a little protective of their. Yeah, they reminded me that the annual sunflower seed wasn't uh, precious, but other seeds ah. there were, and they didn't they didn't ex- they didn't uh, think it was uh, wise for me to be recommending. Oh, okay. Yeah, so for the next. Ten articles I wrote. I mentioned that do not go to the Mitchell Lake and collect their seed. Yeah. You you could always find people to criticize your writing, Kevin, as you well know. But uh, uh, but you got you also got uh, this, that seed is available on the on the racks. Yeah, and we got they're they're going to refren- replenish. Yeah, the racks. so we got. About seed is kind of funny. So the state of Texas says uh, they have to pick up all of the 2023 dated seeds and bring 2024 seeds. They generally do that in the month of August. The one exception to that is the wildflowers. So like the ones that we get from um, your guy, Wild Seed, Wild seed Farms, those don't have expirations. Hmm. So they get to stay on the shelf till they sell. Oh, good. But they're not the annual sunflower. They don't continue as a wildflower. Cons- consider nope. Everything else, if it's not from Wild Sea Farms, it's uh, at least what we get in. Uh, it is uh, taken and okay. brought back. Or in the case of say like Bermuda seed, it has test dates on it, and then whenever that expires, we have to get new tags for it. But um, in general, but, this is a horrible month to find seeds. Yeah. Well, did, did, doesn't, uh, it doesn't help that it's 100 degrees. <laughs> what, what do they do with the old seed? Well, I can remember that at one time. There used they, to be a guy used, here in town, Lone Star Seed, that yeah, would buy yeah. everybody else's seed. Yeah, there you go. And then he'd retest it and repackage it. There you go. 
Um, he yeah. don't think he exists anymore. No, I don't think he did. He's out of business. So to, some of some of them, uh, they count it and they donate it. Yeah. So like the children's garden, if if yeah if it's being donated, we give that to David and they can disperse yeah. it across the town for the, the children's garden and all these school projects. Yeah. Well, that's I think Master, very nice. Some yeah. of them want them back and I don't know what to do with them. I think master gardeners uh, used to get them because they'd, put, they'd collect them all and put them in that back room back there in the building and uh, it was full of seed. I mean, big pasteboard boxes full of seed. Yeah, that's, that's which was a, a good use for them. But uh, they, they get to use it as a tax write-off, and it still helps out. Oh yeah, and so. uh, I imagine sunflower seeds are hard to find at this time of the year. Um, not everything not, is not hard the to native, find not the uh, those that are growing because yeah. it's mostly it's matured now, and all the if the if the plants are still standing, there all those uh, seeds are. Uh, yeah. Brown and ready, yeah. ready to be taken. Yeah, uh, I, the 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 hunters uh, play a, play a big part in this because uh, beginning September first, doves in some zones, uh, the hunters uh, go out there and brave the elements and shoo the doves away. Uh, so they won't eat all those native sunflowers. Mm-hmm. So they do a, a how benefit. Do, how do they shoo them away? Yeah, that's. Uh, did I say shoo? You used to say shoo. <laughs> uh, shoot. Oh. <laughs> that's what I thought. Well, and if they don't, if the the doves there aren't enough doves, there's always enough lesser goldfinches there. There you go. Now, if you can get the lesser goldfinches, <laughs> you really takes a, It takes several to make a mess. Not, not enough to eat there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, they. <laughs> I've had several growers, uh, ranchers, call me and say, I can't get this sunflower to grow. I said, you mean that one that's alongside the road from here to Corpus, <laughs> they said, yeah, I just won't grow. You know, the deal is when you plant something and want it to grow, especially ah. a native plant uh, like that or seeded plant like that, it's kind of hard to well, they're make it. They're a little stubborn. Yeah. But, but on that, those annual sunflowers, what they generally do is they, they grow everywhere you Want them, but, all, but also yeah. everybody, every place in your whole yard. You know? <laughs> Let's see if we can help Beth out at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Beth, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. What's going on? Thank you. Well, first of all, I have to be careful because I drift from one subject to another. But first of all, before I start my main question about silk, the dirt silt, I wanted to tell Jerry I've learned so many scientific things from him here lately. As I remember not too long ago, he was talking about hand-watering something, and the hose didn't quite reach, you know. And I experienced that around here even when I have the extension on. But I learned from golfers, if you want it to go that far distance over there where that birdbath is, you don't shoot low with the hose. You make it go up high 
like a golf ball, and when mm. it drops down, it falls into the bird bath. I mean, it's a scientific thing, and you have to think about it. Yeah, All right. you think know, about whatever, it. Whatever, think whatever, about it. A lot of stuff the, I say, man. Whatever <laughs> the big club you use to make a golf ball go up high, yeah, so that it right. will go far. That's the way I think of my garden hose. I want the water to go up high because I can't reach the bird bath if I'm shooting straight. Yeah. So I make it go up high and it lands there. That was one of the brilliant things. And then hearing you talk about this dove hunting, I know that area very well, and I know French Creek very well. I lived in that area when I was a young woman, and also I was listening to you way back then when you and Shirley had a program on Sunday afternoon. Anyway, so I listened to you. Mm-hmm. So, but, but now, going back to the silt, my property, one and three-quarter acres, is on a slight incline or decline or whatever you want to call it. And my mutual fence, southeast, southwest corner, is on the slope. And the people behind me, it was always funny because they said, well, they were not able to grow anything but rocks. And so as I observe over the years, I notice, of course, that on that little rocky slope facing northeast, all of their top soil, there's no grass or anything, washes down through my property. And my, Uh yeah, down through my northwest corner, southwest corner over the years when i was not able to do much in the way of gardening all of this silt washed down through my property enough to where it covered some stepping stones on a little terrace i had built and so here lately now that i'm active and i'm working out there i'm washing that silt off the stones and it's very fine and it takes a lot of work to get it to wash down. But anyway, it washes down on my part of the property, and it's just really beautiful, you know, beautiful soil. But it finally dawned on me that when it dries, it has no organic matter in it at all. You know, it's just that silt. Yeah. You know, and so what What I have been doing, then, rather than trying to scoop it up or do anything with it, I'm just going ahead and flushing it farther down where there is a live oak that has live oak leaves on the ground. And so I guess it's okay then just to scrape or rake that silt down over the top of those live oak leaves and material that happens under a live oak. Yeah. But does silt, would silt have any economic, any nutrition value in it? Uh, yeah, it it has uh, some nutrient value in it. Because not, like, not a lot of nitrogen. No, but, no. No nitrogen. It's, yeah, well, it's, it's, so, it's wonderful if it's part of a mix. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But it was so interesting to me because the people who live back there, and once when I was talking to them about it, and they were saying, no, I can't grow anything but rocks. And she said, we'll pick them all up, but the next, next thing you know, here we have rocks growing. <laughs> and it, the silt is washing away, and so naturally the rocks are growing. Funny, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Non non Texans, <laughs> non Bear Countyans, 
But anyway, <laughs> this this silk really is fine. And I thought at first I thought, gosh, that ought to be something good to put in hanging baskets or different potting mixes. Till I oh, realized yeah. it, but it has nothing except just that fine silk, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, most most potting mixes uh, uh, have nothing. That's what we tell people. Uh, even some that claim they have something don't have enough. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, it's a good start, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's 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 what I kind of thought, sort of thought. Then, since I'm washing it off of the patio or terrace, where it, believe it or not, it has built up to about three inches over over the patio because it's on this slope from yeah. southwest to northeast. And so do it just using the hose and squirting it off, which takes a long time. <laughs> but it was, you know, but it was such a pretty buildup as it went down toward the edge. And so the other day I realized just take the rake and rake that over these oak leaves. Absolutely. That, so that ought to make something good for the San Augustine to grow when it comes back after last year and this drought now. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, you also can speed that process along if you just mow the leaves, or, you know, yeah. shred them up into smaller pieces, and yeah. they'll decompose faster. Yeah, they'll make, make a good mix with your oh, silt, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, I've heard you all say that before, and then put a little bit of molasses in. So I, I do that in one of the areas on the north side of my backyard. Because it's okay. a smaller area, but this big, wide area, it's just been interesting to me. You know, you just get learn so much if you sometimes think about what you're hearing, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's so. the way Malcolm Beck used to operate. Yeah. Well, I, I right. enjoy hearing y'all, and I do laugh sometimes and I want to argue back, but I spend all the time y'all are on on Saturday and Sunday straightening up and working in my kitchen. Oh. So I can I can pretend y'all are family in the other part of the house, and, and I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not arguing with you. What? <laughs> but can, that's what families do. But then I hear you, so okay. <laughs> Thank you, Beth. You take care. Bye-bye. Okay, that's all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, 210-308-8867. Mike is calling from Houston with a question. Hey, Mike, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Oh, good afternoon. I'm looking for the next rainfall that we can ever get. Yeah, we're hoping Tuesday. Yeah, well, well, I've heard those those dates before, so we'll see. All I know is we're just a day closer to our next rain. Hey, I got a question for y'all. I, uh, I'm the president of an association that takes care of a historic cemetery in Pasadena, established in 1906. And one of our ladies is talking about wanting to plant wildflowers in a section of the cemetery where there's no praise to give people opportunities to come out, maybe take pictures with their kids and families, that kind of thing, in the spring. So when's the best time to plant these wildflowers getting ready for, for germination of next spring? In the Houston area, I guess? Yes, it's in Pasadena, yeah. east side of Houston. When's the best time to plant wildflowers? Wild seed by seed or by 
by sea. No, okay. by sea. By okay. Sea. Uh, well, like Calvin says, you can plant uh, uh, the larkspur the, uh, and coreopsis and blue curl this fall. And I'm thinking, you know, you want to plant wildflowers, especially blue bonnets and things like that, on barren soil. And we got a lot of that around, at least I have in my yeah, yard. We have a lot of barren soil right now, too. Yeah, so you can you can go ahead and uh, direct seed that now. If you want to wait until it's more comfortable to do it, then just wait till September. Okay, that's kind of what I was thinking. I've never done this kind of undertaking. I've always had a garden. Yeah. Direct plants, but it's uh, just a scattering of the wildflower seeds. And I'm yeah. looking at getting a, a, a mixture of seeds from the, uh, oh, what's the name of that, that place up there in Fredericksburg? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wild Seed Farms? Yeah. Just, just yeah. remember, yeah. this is going to be an yeah. area that's not going to be mowed. Uh, yeah, it won't be. We're going to, okay. uh, we're going to fence it or put a rope around where, where no one's going to mow, and I'm the person that mows it, so... Yeah, so I I would think from now until November, end of November. Uh, All right. You you know you know when God plants them, don't you? Yes, 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 yes. Yep, yep. Right in the spring, lets them lay there on the soil. Right. But. Uh, and and that'll work. That's the way they're done on, in the wild. But uh, I, I think from now on, I, like I said earlier in this program, we're going to have to. I'm going to have to check with John and see when they're going to have this season's uh, wildflower seed available. Because I think we 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 haven't had a good blue bonnet uh, harvest for the last three years. Especially of the colors, and uh, the, uh, the I understand that this year, some places had a tremendous crop of blue bonnet seed. So uh, I hope hope they're able to get those packaged and available um, by end of September, October. I appreciate it. I enjoy y'all's show. I travel I-10 back and forth to uh, from Deer Park, where I live, to a little town up in the West Texas area, Fort McCavick, Texas, just about three or yeah. four times a month. And I get to listen to y'all every Sunday afternoon. I really, <laughs> really enjoy the show. Thank you. We ain't coming over there. <laughs> no, it's not a good place to be right now. 100 and, 111 last night at 445. <laughs> Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, thank, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling. Bye, Mike. Stay cool. All right. We're going to take a quick break. While we do, you give us a call at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. From Houston, we get calls from Corpus. We get calls from Dallas. Want to hear? Some, how about somebody from San Antonio? Yeah. No, no, never <laughs> All right, back in a moment on 9:30 a.m. The answer.
And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Don't forget when you're watering, Millburgers right here has a tool for you to keep in your watering tool chest, and that's the tree hugger sprinkler. You know, we'll talk about watering the root ball, and uh, the tree hugger sprinkler can help you to do that. We'll talk about how in just a second. If you need to water further away but want to keep it efficient, the tree hugger can help you with that as well. Now, the tree hugger sprinkler, here's how it works. It's a hard plastic uh, donut-like green. You can see them online at treehuggersprinklers.com with an S, treehuggersprinklers.com sprinkler that uh, has a hinge on it so you can kind of open it up and then close it or hug it around the tree trunk. <laughs> and then just That's turn a big hug. That was a big hug. And then uh, turn it just on just a little bit so it waters right underneath it or at the root ball. And it waters real efficiently. My, my Belinda's Dream Rose and some other things are a testimony to that. Or you can turn it up higher. <laughs> it's like turning it up higher, the front. Oh, okay, so that's, that's fine. We, 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 okay. Sounds like a uh, serious situation in the bathroom. <laughs> hey! Wow. wow, Calvin, I didn't expect you to go there. But uh, you turn it up uh, higher, and it, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. And it waters away from the roots and more toward the uh, drip line. And like I've said, I've used mine for a variety of different reasons or different situations and, and love it. It's a tree hugger sprinkler, 7, 11, and 15-inch cali- uh for a radius and then uh, available here at Millburgers, all three sizes and at HEB. All right, 210 308 8867. Toll free, it's 866 308 8867. Yes, sir, you look like you're chomping at the bit to say something. <laughs> well, Calvin's got a, a nice article about it. water rules serve a purpose, mm-hmm. follow them. And then with, a, with that, he has a sprinkler. On the, a, a picture of a sprinkler that's shooting water up at a very, very low water, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it says use a sprinkler only on the designated day of the week. I don't think we need, uh, as dry as we are, uh, everybody needs to be using that uh, tree hugger. Oh, sprinkler. okay. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't shoot water up, which makes it evaporate. Now there are some uh, good, good-looking lawns out there for and folks that comply. Uh, but I suspect they're the the lawns that six inches of soil. Yeah, yeah. Back in our <laughs> uh, when was that research we did that? Two thousand and eight, or was it two thousand and six? It was a long time ago. Yeah, uh, but that. Anything, even every every variety of uh, lawn grass that we looked at, if there was six inches of soil, it uh, uh, survived. It came back. Now some of them were much slower than others, but mm-hmm. the key there was six inches of soil, and that they survived. That's a res- the reservoir. Now I'm going to tell you all something, and you're going to tell me I'm full of beans, but the. Lawns that look the best in our neighborhood are the lawns that have big old oak trees over them, and the lawns that are suffering the most have no trees on them. But I know you all say, nope, not, that's not going to happen. You're full of beans. Well, <laughs> I knew you were going to say You're that. full of beans, man. Well, I just said you were going to say it was. No, but uh, <laughs> but that, that's reasonable with this kind of weather we have. Okay. Now, if 
it, there's a lot of variation from year to year and how you know when you leave the you leave the winter i mean you leave the summer and how quickly the lawns recover and sometimes the lawn that's in deep shade is the fastest some well, a lot of times it's the fastest but then and then oh, okay. uh, in the long term full sun is generally the best oh yeah if you got access to water full sun is best <laughs> for the lawn yeah, it just, I didn't know if it kind of, that shade provided some coolness or oh, yeah, the shade. or kind of a dome. Because these are big trees. I mean, these aren't just a tree. These are, you know, huge old trees that You're full stretch. of beans, Milton. <laughs> there are no, it's not. I like not, that. It's not, win- <laughs> still not the winter mm, weeds beans. here, really. Full of this? beans. No, 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 it's St. Augustine. It's, it's, it's grass grass. Full of beans. I'll take I'll take some pictures for you. Now they're still suffering a little bit, but uh, they're the ones that are still the greenest without all the brown and the yellow. How much do they? Does it look like they? Water? I think I've seen them hand watering it on, on. So they're doing more than just their day. But yeah. Yeah, you're full of beans. <laughs> I should never have told you you were going to say. That. <laughs> all right. Let me write that down. Yeah, I just. <laughs> we we never learn, do we? No, <laughs> all these years. Twenty five. Full years. of beans. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just stuck. Okay. That's all I got to say. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. What else is going on? Let's see. Um, what about tree planting? Uh, we got some really nice looking trees out there. Um, what do you recommend? Yeah. Well, that's a rough question for me. I'm going to say Monterey Oak almost every circumstance, unless they give me some criteria for something different. Um, so out of the oaks, it grows faster, so it makes the most sense. Uh, resale value means something. So oak always gives you a better return on your investment. Hmm. Uh, everybody wants to buy a house with an oak tree. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to buy a house with a sycamore or a crepe myrtle or anything like Which that. It's a shame, but yeah, the oaks do um, um, add a little bit of. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, but especially the ones with the big limbs and the. Yeah. You feel a bean. I know. Go so keep keep talking, bean boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's no. making me hungry. I know. <laughs> the. Uh, but yeah, so you're going to recommend Monterey Oak 99% of the time, okay. unless they give me some criteria that makes me go a different direction. <laughs> did Did anybody else uh, come by? Remember that woman had the problem with the I don't remember what oak it was. Was it Monterey, where it had the, the sap oozing out of it and stuff? She came by last week. Oh, that that, that that's the uh, slime. Yeah, I was wondering if anybody else came by and was reporting it. No. This was just her. Okay, we've had a couple. Um, I've had a couple respond, but oh, okay, not any more than usual. It surprises me a little bit. Um, cedar uh, cedar elms sometimes show up with it. The a few of the oaks oaks will get it too, but a lot of times it's a, in a stress situation. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, slopes. Uh, I've got a neighbor that must love sycamores. <laughs> there are people that love them. I mean, he had a he had a sycamore, and it died during the drought. I guess that stupid thing must have been twenty twenty feet tall or taller. No, my neighbor's is almost sixty feet tall. Yeah, yeah. And they haven't watered it a lick. And guess what it looks like? It's dropped all its and leaves. It's got no leaves. Hmm. 
Don't know whether it's alive or not. <laughs> no. But th- this is the tree, Milton, that is the biggest culprit for blowing leaves uh, in my yard. Oh. So I have that He's mental. vindictive. Well, so it's, do I tell them to water it or do I just let it go uh-huh. and I don't have those leaves in my yard? <laughs> so, I don't think you can keep those leaves on there. You? Uh, a tree that big? It, I'm sure they could if they just took a little time to water it. Well, it's like the. The, the burr oaks. Burr oaks mm-hmm. have a tendency to make a decision quickly. It's t- <laughs> too dry and hot. I'm going to drop my leaves now and not yeah. worry about it. But uh, <laughs> in, the, in the long run, they're another good, n- another wonderful tree to have. You'll have to tell us what you decide. <laughs> but this It's is, a conundrum. I I'm telling you, I, I just don't know what to do. The, uh, <laughs> this, this tree, my neighbor's tree, I see every time I black back out of the driveway. Uh, lost all its leaves, and then I, I guess it died. You know what he put right back there? Another sycamore? Another, another sycamore. Hmm. And I, I hope and, it was a, a Mexican sycamore. No, it's oh. it's the other one. <laughs> but uh, it and it's grown Oklahoma? fast. It's a fast grower. When, when it oh. dies, and he wants another one, tell him to come over here, and we'll get him at least the right kind of sycamore. Yeah, yeah. And what is the other one? Is it Oklahoma? Mexican. Mexican, Mexican no, is the good is, one. Is the right one. Yeah. What's the one that's not? I good? think it's American. American. Just American. Call American. Okay. Okay. All right. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. So I'm sorry, I, I broke y'all's concentration on. Yeah, you're full of beans. I know I am. I'm still getting hungry. I know so <laughs> you didn't break my concentration. There, there are people driving H E B right now, going, oh, well, kidney beans. That sounds good. Black bean tacos. Is Ooh, that mind. sounds good. Let's see. Also, this week in the garden, Calvin says, including small and medium sized trees between shrubs. And large shade trees adds a transition within the landscape, plus some uh, plants such as anaqua, loquat, Texas persimmon. Do you sell Texas persimmon? Yes. Sometimes, huh? We do. Uh, bra- Brazil? Brazil? Brazil. Oh, Brazil. And... And standard yopon provide food for area bird populations. So, uh, yeah, and and <laughs> I would say any tree or shrub, uh, yeah, that you've planted in the last two years needs a needs a slow soaking water. Hmm. Neil says for the. Next two years, every week, oh. and uh, we, we ought to put uh, Karen on him. On Neil? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that'd be good to fund him. Uh-huh, I see. Now it comes out. Uh, yeah, that last word. <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun to sit Karen on uh, <laughs> Yeah, not productive. Not. Hey, we've got Angelina on the line at 210-308-8867. Angelina, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How can we help you today? Hi, um, Angelita. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It happens a lot. But um, I wanted to grow watermelon. And I live in an apartment. And I bought a big... Uh Uh-oh, you're breaking up on us. 
Um, oh. So that's okay. Well, let's see. So you live where? Let's try, let's, see, let's try to help you. You live where? I, I live in San Antonio. I oh, live I know, but... in an apartment. Oh, okay. And, and you're going to grow uh, a watermelon? Yes, I was trying to grow a watermelon. Yeah, do and you I'm know? Did the, uh-huh. did the apartment complex give you like a <laughs> 15 by 15 area where you could grow it? How close yes, to the was... local H-E-B are you? Don't discourage about, him. About five minutes. Okay. So, you know where he's, he's going. All right, all right so I'm going to stop. If you want to, you need to ask the apartment complex if you can have like a 15 by 15 area. Uh, okay. You're going to need that that big of an area to, to grow watermelon. Great. I think that was going to be my question because it, I got a large pot for it to have room, but apparently it's not enough room. Yeah. How about sun, too? How much sun can it get? It's full. full sun. No, no, no. But how much sun can she give it? Uh, not enough. Okay. They got plenty of sun at HEB. Because <sighs> there, there, oh, are there any melons I, she would have success with? No. no. Oh, you was being funny. I get what you're saying now. Okay, so um, I understand the HEB pun. <laughs> uh, I wanted to have. Well, you did a good job of ignoring it. Yeah. <laughs> it took us a while to learn that. You picked yeah, it up right away. Yeah. Well, we used to be That's able to awesome. grow those uh, small melons. Um, I don't like those small melons. No, oh, okay. good. But yeah, believe it or good. not, uh, my uh, son's girlfriend bought some of those small melons, and I've, I'd never eaten a small melon that was either uh, exactly ripe. Ripe. Uh-huh. Are they either overripe right. or they're green. Most of the time they're green. And- and the rind is very thick. So I'm like, no, that's not natural to me. <laughs> but, um, yes, sir. So 15 by 15. Also, I have made a plant. First time, you know, planting anything ever in my life. 50 years <laughs> old. Well, little. Okay. And uh, so I have a few vegetables that I'm growing and the tomato, uh, they came out pretty small. So I know that there's kind of like times where they, they are producing and times they actually stop producing. So when did you plant so the tomato? What, uh, a few months back. Was Maybe it, in January. It wasn't seed, was it? Was it? it was seed. Everything I've planted so far Oh, seed. no. Do you know what variety uh, what it was? Happened? Uh, it was supposed to be the, uh, well, I do, but I don't write, know the name right now. It's supposed to be the the ones that you use for sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you, do you Large st- fruited. Do you still have the seed package? Yeah. I do. So I would read that and mm-hmm. see how long it takes for that to get into production. And okay. Do the math. And then make sure that you're going to be in production before we get cold. Okay. Thanksgiving well, is usually to. the toughest, the longest still last. Oh, I see. And so I did have a few. I can say the the most I had was six, maybe ten. And they were very small. And so do I go ahead and cut them back or just let it keep growing without the bearing of any of the 
um, tomatoes or do I? What do I do with it now? Stop producing. Well, right now, right now. Uh the garbage men are picking up uh, plants and taking them out to the I would, landfill. Does it look? Does it look good? I mean, the fl- foliage look good? No. Well, yes. Um, it's well. There's no fruit, but the leaves are green. They are not withery. And it, um, is it in full sun? Yes. Well, just uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't just leave it because you're going to be. St- you're not going to have a lot of time to plant a new one unless you came okay. to Milberger's and got a plant. one of those yeah. in a one-gallon container that's ready for action. Uh-huh. But, uh, and yeah. get a cherry. Yeah. She uh, needs to get a small Ruby, Ruby Crush or a BHN 968. There you go. They're looking good. They're, they're already, the Ruby Crush especially is already blooming. So. Yeah. Okay. So you're talking it, about a difference. Tomato. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't get real big. Okay. If you if you got a hamburger sized tomato, uh, you're out of luck. You probably you can't get to see the hybrids. Yeah, they I stay think smaller. They all grimaced when you said you did it from seed. Yeah, I thought. I think oh, I, I heard did. the the groan, <laughs> the loud groan. Oh yeah. Go ahead. I okay. think HEB uh, gets all the plants from here. <laughs> Uh, don't don't, don't give up. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. No, and then yeah. next year, hey. uh, you need to come in, and we will try to get you a good variety yeah. that will get you somewhere. Or if you're really excited about uh, gardening. You can come next week. John, um, oh, yeah. We have David. David, yeah, David, David will is, be here next week talking yeah. about tomatoes and peppers and watermelon, oh. for that matter. Ooh, yeah. Cool. What time? Yeah. Ten. Uh, I think it's 10 to 11.30. I think yeah. so, and it's free. Yeah. Okay. And it's uh, it's always an interesting presentation. Yep. You'll learn a lot, and then uh, you never know. You might catch the bug and start doing cool weather vegetables, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was, he was uh, what day is that going to be? Please? Saturday. Next, next Saturday. 19th. Oh, next and Saturday. He, and he's going to talk about tomatoes, too. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm going to do a plug for our church. We're having a back-to-school rally at our church, Word of Faith Christian Center, San Antonio, Texas. But um, I will be there for our students going back to school. So I will okay. be Yeah, bring, bring your tag on the <laughs> tomato you're growing. And you, your package. You can package. come. When I yeah. visit. That'll be helpful. When I yeah, visit when, you guys. When I, I, yeah, come by after church. Antonio, so. Pardon? Oh, you can come by after your church event and talk with us uh, here. But okay. we need to run to break, yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. You bet. Bye-bye. Going to go to a quick break and come back in a moment. Chris, hang on the line. Uh, we've got you coming up after this on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. There's a little bit of everything in Texas. Just look around. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Hey, don't forget about Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control. If you've got a pest control problem or a problem that, that needs pest control, Spider-Man can help you out. Uh, and uh, since 1976, they've been helping both residential and commercial uh, businesses that rely on uh, good pest control. Uh, that's how I first heard about Spider-Man Pest Control, uh, to uh, make sure that they stay open. Well, 
all you're trying to do is keep your house pest free uh, so you can rely on the company that's done both. And the attitude of Spider-Man, the, uh, the tactic they're going to use is to look at the whole problem. Not only what to spray, not only what to treat with, let's say, but also what's causing the problem. Where are they getting in? How do we fix that? And uh, you're going to like it. So they'll develop a plan uh, to help keep you and your home pest free. Uh, you can find them online and get all those good reviews at GoSpiderManPest.com. That's GoSpiderManPest.com. Or call them at 210-656-3721. 210-656-3721 for Spider-Man, Termite, and Pest Control. Chris is on the line at 210-308-8867. Hi, Chris. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How can we help you today? Thank you for waiting. No problem. I think I'm the guy who caused the drought. I put down uh, two pallets of palisades right when the rain stopped, uh, and uh, we've got about a half an inch of rain since then. Uh, mm. So I've been trying to co- comply with the, with the watering rules, and I've lost about a third of my grass due to fungus because I just can't water in the mornings. Uh, can't, I've got to get to work early. So I'm looking for some ideas as to how I can keep the fungus from destroying what I just put down. Because where it's watered, uh, uh, you know, per the regulations in the morning, it seems to be okay. But uh, when I water it, where I water at night, it seems to be really attacking it. I, I, uh, somebody give me a, a summary of what... Uh, he, he's watering at night in certain areas, and he's getting fungus and losing his grass. Yeah. And this is new grass, too, right, Chris? Yes. Okay, and uh, watering at night. He says when he waters in the morning, he doesn't notice the fungus problem. When he waters in the evening, he does. What kind of grass is it? It's a palisade zoysia, and I can tell it's it's something different than just dryness because it's turned kind of a gray before it it just croaks. And on the edges, it it seems to be green. Presumably because it's getting a little bit more uh, exposure to air and maybe drying out a bit more. It's kind of in the center. How, of the how much are you watering? Um, it, not substantially. Uh, just trying to keep uh, enough on it uh, daily so it's alive. How long ago, I just, how long ago did you plant it? Uh, it's been up in, on the ground about two and a half months. Mm. So you, you don't need to be watering daily. You just no. need to be watering better when you do water. Yeah, I can't imagine... I mean, it, with this kind of weather, it's uh, it's be hard to um, water enough to uh, create a fungus. And if that if that's happening, then I think we hit you hit on it there. They uh, it's it's too much. You don't need it every. You don't need it every day. Well, too 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 frequent. Uh, all, when you water grass, especially grass that's been. You're going to have to slowly acclimate it to better timing. But uh, as you cut frequency, you add volume. So you need to start start cutting out days and then add volume to compensate. Yeah, and that, that process of drying between the waterings is, is an important process in terms of controlling fungus and other problems. So that that's part of the key there. Yeah, I guess my concern is when I have not been watering it, trying to wean it, it, it just it looks like it's about to, to die. I mean, it, it's not it's it's not like a slow dormancy. It looks like a quick death. It just hasn't had a chance to root. It appears so. 
Well, if you, if you can go don't. grab, if you can go grab a piece and pull on it, and it doesn't fight you, uh, then I would agree with you. But if it if it is rooted any, which I, I'm sure it has, uh, you need to start cutting the frequency, but add volume. Are you okay. mowing Sounds it? Good. Uh, I've mowed it uh, early on. I've stopped just because uh, I'm, I'm just concerned that I'm exposing uh, the edges of the blades to, to too much stress. So, um, yeah, I, I, I have mowed it some. It came in very tall but when I received it. Millburgers had some fantastic stuff. Um, so uh, it, it just it, since then um, I've just had I've struggled. I've, I have mowed it a few times. So um, that's that's part that's. Probably part of your fungus situation too. If you got tall, um, uh, tall zoysia blades, um, because we generally we generally mow it at about two inches and mow it frequently. Uh, so, because it it's tough, tough to mow uh, if it's not if it's not mowed frequently. If it's, it's it sits there and hardens off, um, it you. You know, if you uh, hopefully you can uh, try uh, changing that water pattern and everything. Um, but he, if you might, if you're uh, have, having trouble uh, accepting that, uh, you might just want to experiment with a piece and see if you can't see if you don't get a better response than what you're getting. I'm with Trace on that too. I just can't imagine that that the, if the Grasses, well, even if the yeah, if the grasses, the fungus is growing, it's got to be producing foliage. Yeah. You mentioned you mentioned uh, gray gray blades, uh, gray leaf blades. Right. Uh, have you yeah, have you have, is it is it completely gray or have you looked at it closely? Uh, well, it, when it first started appearing uh or this this kind of death in the center primarily of the of the different um different uh, patches of, of grass i put down the different squares um yeah. it, i didn't examine it too closely but i could see you know very clearly it had a different uh kind of tint to it than grass that was just dry yeah there's a gray uh gray fungus that uh, comes with overwatering in greenhouses uh-huh. especially and uh, it's called gray leaf mow, very appropriately name. But uh, that's usually not a, a trouble in grass unless it's being overwatered. Okay, yeah, and I've, I've been you know, hand-watering like crazy just trying to make sure it got rooted. So that could be the issue. That's, that's good feedback. Thank you. Yeah, just just drop back a little bit. It's It's still got a chance to make it. Yeah, you're getting near the end of the season, and you're, you've, it's been there two and a half months, and I, I'm, I think you're going to make it fine as long as you don't, don't overwater. Okay. Sounds good. Right. Thanks. Good luck. Yeah, yeah well, you ha- you'll have to call us back, Chris, and tell us how it goes, okay? Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for calling. Hopefully we help, Chris. All right. We still have a couple minutes, but probably will you save those questions for next week or during the week, come to Millburgers at 1604 on Boulevard Road where all the knowledgeable people can answer your questions for you. And the butterfly. That's uh, yes, right. And next Saturday, uh, David Rodriguez will be here on site doing a presentation on um, 
the first part of the vegetable growing vegetable winter vegetables. These are the warm winter vegetables. Okay, okay. these are the warm vegetables. All right, and then so um, which which ones are more? I was still thinking about our caller from the apartment. Which one of David's seminars is better for container gardening? You can do them. Do you do both? both. Yeah. Okay, but if she's got issues with tomatoes, the first one is yeah. But both of yeah, I'm with Dave, I'm with Trace. Both of them would be useful. Yeah, that's what I was probably be interesting. Okay, yeah, because um, the stuff that she was trying to grow wasn't very container friendly. But I was thinking maybe with the broccoli and some of the other things. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, what? I thought you were full of beans, but that's true. Oh my gosh! Well, uh, I, well, uh, what what is Barry? It? Did you get that? Can you record that and no. just send what, that to what me? What isn't friendly about peppers and? It's yeah. true. You do the peppers, yeah. You could do that in containers. She could have. She could do some lejos. Could. Yeah. All right. We're going to help you. We're going to help you. All right. So let's see. We got about a minute or so left. Anything, Tracy, you want to bring up while we? Uh, um, so I hope to order those Texas sage this week. Yeah. Maybe we'll show up the following week. Yeah, we'll tell you more about those next week. There were some neat varieties that uh, Trace has. Uh, uh, been told about uh, dwarf. Uh, what was the other one? Was it pink? Or? There was a San Antonio rose, which is a, like a, a pinky type Texas sage. Uh huh. Grows only four feet tall. Yeah. That's true. And then there was the dwarf one that only gets three feet tall. Right. Three by three. All right. So that's a. It's a big plus. We'll talk about more of those next week. We'll uh, say goodbye for today, but you know what? We're going to be back here next Saturday and Sunday, so come visit us, 1604 and Boulevard Road. Or you, like I said, you can feel very confident talking to anybody here at Millburgers about your gardening situation throughout the week. Thanks to Barry doing a great job getting all your calls on the air, and, of course, thanks to you for listening. We'll say goodbye. See you uh, next weekend on uh, at Millburgers, or right here on 930 a.m., The Answer. Del Rio, west of the Pecos, her old Waco. I gotta go. I got Texas in my soul. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.